the new Parkway Theater, where good food, diverse entertainment, and community create a place for everyone. For showtimes and special events, check out www.thenewparkway.com. You are listening to High School 5.0, where real talk is our vernacular. In other news, the family of rapper Gunu defends their decision to have a concert with his dead body on stage. <laughs> at a club. Uh, at a nightclub where people bought tickets for it. It was a, a going home farewell concert, they called it. What do you guys think about that? Well, that sparkle part kind of had me scared because that's some bombing fluid in him. <laughs> in <the> <laughs> <next> <laughs> <room>. <laughs> that's true. I would that wouldn't have been a nightmare. That would have been God cleaning up the neighborhood. Come on. New age gentrification. I want to say two things. One, I hope I hope uh, heaven got uh, uh, Planet Fitness because that nigga skipped a lot of leg days. That's one. <laughs> two, for some reason, I feel like this is exactly the funeral my mom wants. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I never could imagine it, but now I can now I see what my mom wants. Well, this week I got invited to this uh to this barbecue. <laughs> It's, it's one of those Southern things, right? You think it was cool, cool. So, oh man, we just a bunch of black dudes getting together. We like to cook out sometimes, chop it up, watch sports sometimes. It's all right, cool, man, I'll come through. One of the uh, families that we met through at the park or whatever with the kids. So I get this text, hey man, we're about to do this challenge. You down? And I was like, all right, well, what's the challenge? He's like, well, you got to work out every day, drink a gallon of water or some shit like that, right? It was a bunch of, a bunch of reasonable shit. But he's like, at the end, he was like, yeah, but then we all got to make sure we read uh, two Bible passages to another member of the group every day and listen to two worship songs. And I was like, fuck. Sound like some Southern Baptist right there, Brian. Are you going to church now? You don't have to worry, Brandon. You going, you going, you sanctify them. You going to heaven. We got to worry about nothing. Read your Bible. Worship hey, Jesus. That's a bone that woman that brings, that brings around the chicken dinner for everybody in the church. <laughs> So let me ask you. So now this is how they're <laughs> tricking people to get into church? Dude, I don't know. Well, it's one of those things you don't want to lead them on, right? Like I learned this. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to feel like, be honest with y'all, man, not a church going person. I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> but don't expect me to show up at anybody's worship house. Hey, like they said, when in Rome, you as women do. <laughs> oh, no. funny that you say that, Pedro Jared. You didn't record? Later yeah. on, uh, we gonna have a discussion about this New York trick and when what to do when in Rome. <laughs> Jared don't understand the hood rules. I hope this makes the show, Jared. You don't understand hood rules. You still living in fucking nineteen the mid nineties. <laughs> no, look, it's not about hood rules. we walk into a coffee shop that's at the foot of the goddamn projects in Harlem, and he still got his phone out. And I I did have my phone out, but and my problem was I need to take a piss. Did he wasn't even looking up where I could take a piss. Nigga, what are you talking about? <laughs> Anything I did in New York was that wasn't Jared, Jared, fault, Jared had the phone out, or Jared, Jared you looking like a sore thumb. I'm scared. Everybody looking like, like, it's like nigga, I wasn't like, scared. You know, anybody listening to the show that that no hood rules and grew up in the hood, 
you understand what I'm talking about. When in Rome, do as the Romans do, or else you stick out and then it might be trouble. Might not, might will. See, right. problem is I'm pointing out the projects and Jared just think they just some high rise buildings. Man, I like brick high rises. I like high rises made out let of bricks. Let me tell you something, Jared. The uh, pyramids never look like projects. I think you confuse them. You look at them like they the fucking pyramids in Egypt and they fucking projects that we walking through. I'm trying to live in the present and Aaron keeps trying to remind me of what it was like to walk through these New York great, City in the mid-90s. Man, these great Egyptians make these pyramids nice, man. Hey, man. What, hey, man. What's this one called? Hey. The Wagner Project? When, 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 nice. when, I go to the, when I go to the Egyptian pyramids, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, man, I got I to gotta make sure Pharaoh don't see me looking at these women like this. He going to kill me. Oh, right. shit. Oh, make sure I got to give my firstborn because the Pharaoh going to get me. I'm telling you the hood dudes dress a lot better in New York now than they did in 92. Now, I will admit this, Jared. New York City to have 8 million people there for some, I think they got about 30 public bathrooms. Oh, obviously like so much pissing shit on the ground. Hmm? Obviously Starbucks is, Starbucks is open season. I went into Starbucks, didn't even have a restroom in Starbucks, Brandon. I, I didn't even see a door. It was just all walls. Remember, Brent, uh, Jared, when I went into Starbucks in Harlem, all walls. No, I was on my phone, nigga. I was on my phone trying to walk Probably down crack right. alley. <laughs> I was on my, I was on my phone trying to, I was trying to ask the, ask the dude in the alley, like, hey, hey, man, where can I find some uh, pumpkin spice lattes? Jared will hop on his phone and turn into a dodo bird. <laughs> but the trip was all good, Brandon. Don't don't let me think just because I had to protect Jared at the time that it was bad. <laughs> I'll be honest, out of everyone I've usually traveled with, Jared is the perfect travel companion because he he never trips about doing things. He looks up things to do. He he takes it real easy. He's down to always go. He don't mind spending money on food, which I usually like to have one really nice meal or a couple. Jared is the perfect travel companion. The only thing I could complain about this trip is just, you know, uh is you breaking all you breaking all the Derek Jared the Jessica phone. Jones rules. Yeah, Jared, Jared thinking I'm Luke Cage walking around Harlem with me. He acting like I'm Luke Cage. Hey, hey, but we did pass the building of Christopher Attics, though. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, they still don't know what I'm talking about, do they? <laughs> First of the Blacks for 500, Christmas Attics. <laughs> the, uh, the first black man to get hit in a drive-by. That is correct. <laughs> Taco Pablo. Dude, I got nothing. I got nothing. The cat P funk. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> oh, dude, come on, you two. Yeah, I don't know who Christmas Addicts is. No, the first one to kick off a revolution because <laughs> he got shot at drive by over some tea. <laughs> you ever heard of the first nigga to get shot over some tea? <laughs> well, that could have been a great. That answer. is correct, Jared. <laughs> Over prices of tea. He got shut shot up. over the price of tea. Uh, Christmas oh, Addicts was the first person to be shot during the Boston tea Massacre. Mm-hmm. The Boston Tea Party, which led to the Boston the Tea Party was at night. Because of what they were doing, they sent in the troops and then there was a mob. And then Christmas Addicts, they 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 put them in the front. Somehow they shot, they shot a bunch of bullets, but only one person died. <laughs> <laughs> Operation Get Behind the Darkies. He's the first brother to lead the inaugural Get Behind the Darkies oh, wow. <laughs> campaign. The, the first that brother to walk point without walking point. <laughs> I can't believe you guys don't remember who Christmas Addicts was. Man, no, public, I... public education 
B's and C's get degrees. Man, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't teach that. They didn't teach him that in Richmond. He he was the Rosa Parks of the America Revolution. No, they, come on now. <laughs> Christmas uh, addicts. There's a building named after him, Harlem. Oh, well, y'all ready to start the show? Yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and at Horcrux Hipster on the Twitter. Also, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash High Score 510. And we are here with... This is AG3 coming at you faster than, um, than Jada Pinkett lining up guests and getting ready to put on her red table talk. You shouldn't even be hanging out with this pervert. I don't hang out with him. I work with him, and that's it. I tried to introduce him to a few nice people. He made a fool of himself. I don't mess with him, baby. That's not me. You should keep your hoe on a leash. Oh, bro, I can't, I can't let you Hey, hey, hey. I can't let you be talking to my hey. mother like that, dog. You know what I'm saying? Bitches running wild, man. All right, and we are here with... Hello, everyone. Not everybody's favorite captain or truck driver, obviously. Uh, coming at you faster than an illegal alien. I don't think that Atlantis sank. I think Atlantis lifted off. <laughs> That's always mm. one of my favorite ones. <laughs> uh, and we are here with. Oh, hey, this is Brent. Just happy to be here. Um, enjoy the conversation about the New York trip. Uh, apparently y'all both visited two different decades though <laughs> y'all on the same trip two decades apart what are your plans now what are you, you know, what are you well the same token like I said I want to fight Tyson I'm still a fighter I don't kind of deal my lawyers made to drop these charges I dropped the charges like a man the Tyson not even nigging on me now my lawyers all of a sudden act like everything's alright and it's not it's not supposed to be like that Tyson said he's gonna fight me I wanna fight Tyson now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna walk away with just scars on my head I get all, all of a sudden I get scars on my head and nothing ever happened Tyson said he's gonna give me a fight I want Mike Tyson point blank Michelle Tyson he's a homo he's still homo his wife a homo I'm gonna knock him out actually nobody say if I want to threaten me what he would he would he would still feel fight me now why why I go to the Nazis to make Michelle Susie Tyson fight me right by now I don't understand homo and my name is Jared aka DJ Art with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink the D is silent so it's just Jart I'll be on the miles I be on the mile with that yank hard yesterday, Skip. So we're back. We're back from New York. Back in New York. Back in New York. Back in New York. You know, I used to play hoops and nothing but Timberlands, shorts, and the biggest puffy jacket you could ever find. <laughs> so, so they got tickets for a comedy show, and it was five of us, but we only had four tickets. And they were like, well, one of us could do standby. And I said, no, no, don't trip about that. I'm out. I'm going to go home. I'm not really that big in the stand-up. Then the next day, before a national title game, we get to this bar, we're going to watch the game, and they're having some free comedy show there with a bunch of amateurs. And they're like, hey, hey, we're going to do a free comedy show. Just come in. We're going to stop right before the game. I'm like, I'd rather just get in here, get my drink, get my spot in here, and just relax and chill. Get me some food. I don't have to worry about no comedy. And But Jared, of course, heard free comedy show and said, why not? You're going to stop right when the game starts? I'm in. Horrible. It was fucking horrible, right? If any of your comedians there are listening... Please subscribe to High Score 510, but your shit was horrible, except for one guy. 
<laughs> and so I'm telling Jared, so for our last night on Tuesday, Jared's trying to reserve, like, hey, what y'all want to do? Uh, y'all want to do Off-Broadway? You want to do this? You want to do Drunk Shakespeare? He was like, you know what? Let's just do a comedy show. And I'm like, man, you guys could go. I mean, come on, Jared. I, I didn't say no, though. But I didn't hear no one else saying yes. So I'm like thinking it's not going to happen. So we went to the comedy show. It was great. We'll get into that more later, right? We go to this comedy show. It was great. Tim said it best. For someone that didn't want to be there for that Tuesday night comedy show, he said, you laugh more than everybody in the damn room. And I probably did. I don't know, Jerry, you were next to me. Was I laughing my ass off? Yeah, I had a good time. A lot. I had a great time. And I realized why I've been hating on comedy, stand-up comedy for so long. I hadn't watched it on Netflix. Everybody's like, hey, man, you watch Michael Che? You watch this person? Yeah. No, nah, I ain't watching none of this shit. The only thing I watched was Dave Chappelle because I wanted to see where it got. I realized it was yo, you, Brandon. You the reason I stopped going to comedy because you kept dragging me to all this amateur shit that's just horrible. That was horrible. Let me tell you, the best one you you took me to was the one that was in your backyard for your birthday. That, that was, was a good, good show. show. That was a great show. That was a great show. That was well, professional to, compared to all the other stuff. You had to sift through all the garbage. Yeah, Brandon was mining. Brandon was like a talent agent. Is that what you were doing? You're mining from that one show? I think you missed your calling, Brandon. You should be a talent agent for comedians. Yes, because you're willing to sit through some shit, and I'm just like, I can't stand stand-up. I didn't know why. I couldn't put my finger on it. But Jared, no, they heard me the whole trip. Tim, Jared, Tim's girlfriend, shout out to Jasmine, Jason. They heard me the whole trip say, dude, I cannot do stand-up. I just don't like it. And then I realized I had to really think about it. It was Brandon. It was Brandon dragging me to some, dragging me to hotels. I didn't know it was hotels, Pedro. They had a comedy show that it'll be us and it'll be a total. It was me, Jared, Brandon. Jared, you were there that day, right? The one in old Oakland? When the old white ladies got kicked out? Yes. And I'm like, hold on, that's half the audience. You just kicked them out. Now you're going to know I wasn't laughing at your shit. Brandon, the only one over here laughing. When they kicked out them white ladies, I said, oh shit, now it's only four of us in here. Damn, why they kick out the white ladies? I'm trying. I can't remember. Do you know why? They're just being loud and obnoxious. They're kind of like the ones at the at the shitty show we went to uh, national oh, championship yeah. game. I was hoping the show would end when those white ladies got kicked out. <laughs> I was hoping the show would end when Brandon had us at that motel because <laughs> after they left, it was only four of us left, and that other person I think was waiting on a date or something to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God damn, Brandon, this shit is awful. I thought I thought it was a pretty good show, but <laughs> see, see, the thing is that I I like Brandon. I enjoy, it started back at the Ivy Room open mics. I enjoy watching all forms oh of stand-up where you can see people working through the material. Now, you see the same person over and over again and they're not changing the material, it's not improving, then that's when it gets boring. But when you go to open mic and you see a bunch of people you've never seen before, or you might see a couple people that you've seen before, um, but they're, they've, they're, they're adding material or the jokes are hitting better than they were originally the first time you saw them, then it's kind of like a fun little thing to see. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy seeing the process of comedians go through their craft like you can see glimpses into their actual live evolution as a comedian or their uh, extinction as a comedian some of them because some of them they bomb really bad and like the one time where i took jay good aaron you were there we took jay good to the ivy room and he just pointed and laughed at a dude who nobody else was laughing at his jokes and he was just like <laughs> <"Is that true?" laughs> yeah he was more making fun of him and then he i was like he was, oh, shit, that's he, he was laughing in the back making sure the dude knew he was laughing at him not <laughs> with him <laughs> Yeah, you take me some bad comedy shows too, because you took me there. You took me to that Thai place. Remember, one of our former students were doing oh, stand up. Spice Monkey, you took me there. Spice yeah. Monkey, 
Brandon took me to Stork Club, and I didn't mind when our when our former student who was still in high school was trying to come up and bomb because he was working on it, and that's what somebody decided that's what he wants to do. And he was like fifteen. <laughs> yeah, it was like fifteen. I didn't mind that, but you know, some of the ones when Brandon took me to Stork Club, it's just. I'm like, man, this is some this is some shit that looks like someone just set up. a. Remember that one outside the store club, Brandon? They say they're having a comedy show and they set up a speaker. You can barely hear them. You took me to some <laughs> lot of shitty comedy shows. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember that one. Dude, you took me. You're like, hey, they're having a comedy show. It was the building ne- next door to store club. Right. That little fucking stoop. They put a speaker and a microphone out. You can barely hear people. Oh, and yeah. that was- That's when the Barry Land had first opened up. No, we wasn't at Berryland. We were at the stoop down in between Coriana Plaza and, and and who had a comedy show there? Dude, you took me. You tell me. I don't remember none of these weak fools' names. You do. <laughs> Where else have you taken me to a crappy comedy? Oh, I mean, everywhere. I was like, oh my god, dude! I didn't realize there's this much bad comedy in the world. So let's not even count count anything that came up during Tourette's without regrets. Wait, where would you guys go see comedy in New York? Did y'all go to the Comedy Cellar? Did y'all go to... I'll let Jerry explain this. Oh, is there is there any other place than the Comedy Cellar that's good or worthwhile? Yeah, Caroline's is New York spot. Oh, uh, no. That's where you might see like, some, like see some like bigger uh some bigger acts just pop in and do some do work there. Yeah, no, we were oh. at the Comedy Cellar. We went to the Comedy at Cellar. At a 10 o'clock show, Brandon. 10 o'clock show. <laughs> Our last night in town, and all I can say to Jerry... Is why the hell did you get a 10 o'clock show? Well, that's the time to go, man. New York, like the bigger names won't show up to like midnight, one o'clock. Yeah. So, so I didn't know none of this. I didn't know this. What, the one thing I love about New York is that it is a city that supposedly never sleeps, but a lot of things do shut down. And the one thing that slows down the most is the subway. And the one other thing that slows down the most at, at real late at night in New York is the police that's on the subway. <laughs> one day we got on the subway at night and it was this woman with no shoes on and she was banging her head against the subway doors is right and i'm thinking to myself she either she gonna knock her out or she gonna hit me you get some crazy ass motherfuckers on the subway at night and no police to help i did tell aaron because i was like i'm gonna try and make this fool go because because tim was talking about jasmine was thinking about going now I told Aaron she wasn't going so that he would still get his ass up to come with us. That fucker lied to me. He told me that as we were leaving the house, man. I asked him, you lied to me to get me to this comedy show. And then Tim's girlfriend did come and she was on, she was trying to get on the standby list. And I was saying, hey, she can have my ticket. I'll be out. I'll hop on that subway. So I was like, no, we're going to see if we can get her on with our group. We got a group of four. We can say, hey, my fifth is here. You know, we have a fifth. Can we squeeze them in? And the lady was uh, nice enough, even though Francis Ngannou, the doorman, was being all pissed off. (laughs) French dude who's mad because he had had to deal with hundreds of people. Anyways, we got them in. We joined. They joined up and it was it was a good show. They had some really good comedians. And and the kicker is uh, we had uh, your boy Chris Rock pop in on the show. That's one of the reasons why I got 10 o'clock show, because I was like, number one, Mm. comedians got more time to go. The show we went to on Sunday night, it was an 830 show. So they had a show after that that started at 1030. So they were like 830 arrival time. Basically, nine to 10 was the actual performance time. And they were done at 10. And then they were like, get the fuck out. So I was like, let me just get the last time of this room as the bigger room. Yeah, we had uh, had some really good comics that were able to go a little bit longer. And then Chris Rock showed up and did like a 45 minute set of just like going through his material. Um, it was actually like really, really crazy. It was like a like a cool little surprise. Something that Aaron would have been mad had he missed. I know that for sure. <laughs> Dude, we got Chris Rock. And that was after the first. So the first the host cool. comes on. 
the host wasn't that he was he reminded us of the host at the free comedy show in fact he almost did the same jokes and then all of a sudden the next first one comedian comes on he kind of rips it he was funny i'm like wow he was funny he ripped it i could tell this dude you know he's one of those comedians that might go someplace or he was in a movie i forgot what movies they said he was in and and then all of a sudden the host was acting all giddy and i'm like why does he acting on like this and he's like ladies and gentlemen put your hands together for chris rock and that dude came on for over 45 minutes Okay. Yeah. And, awesome. I mean, he ripped it, and that's not even a kicker. That's not even a kicker. No, no, like no. The, half, the, the like kicker. A third through his set. Yeah, ten minutes into his set, 10, 15 minutes into his set, uh, another celebrity shows up. Look, sits look, right next look, to with us. a BBW. <laughs> no, she wasn't that big. She just wasn't <laughs> that attractive. Was, was it Magic Johnson? No, 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 no. Somebody even better. <laughs> Somebody even better. He was in movies that involved LA. At least one movie that involved LA. He's an Academy Award winner. He won an Academy Award. He was also, you know what I'm saying, in Disney movies, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. racing sled dogs. He went. He almost went full retard in one of the Disney movies. <laughs> I was going to say Jamie Foxx, but he said sled dogs. I was like, what are you talking about? There you go. Can y'all guess dog. who it was? Can, can y'all guess who? He also, had he also a has a younger life. brother who who's an actor, supposedly, who's yeah. in an ESPN show. Brother was a smart guy. And his oh. uh, his father was uh, famously part of the OJ's. His father was not part of the OJ's. Was he? Up Wikipedia facts, bro. Was he part of the OJ's? Wow. See, now y'all got I thought his father was an actor <laughs> or director. I'm pretty sure he's it part of the OJ's. He was? It was Cuban Gooden Jr. This motherfucker said, give him a magic moment for that, please, <laughs> Omar. <laughs> You said Cuban? Cuban. You said Cuban <laughs> Junior, dude. I thought, I thought you said cubic. <laughs> no. Either way, give a magic moment. This magic moment. What's his name? Cuba. Cuba. That's what I said. It was Cuban Gooden Jr. Cuban Gooden Jr. You said no, Cuban, nigga. Oh no, I, I said, I said what? You said Cuban, Cuban or Cuban? Cuba. I, no, you reach why I said I said Cuba because y'all don't hit, hear me right because I'm missing a tooth. See my tooth myth. <laughs> Cuban Gooden Jr. So Cuban Gooden Jr. comes to sit next to us, and I'm looking, and I'm like, I look at Jared, and Jared look, and we're like, is that Cuba Jr.? But I can tell you this, he didn't sit down. Like any a normal fifty year old or whatever, sit down. He sat down as if he had a little bit of that Philip Seymour Hoffman River Phoenix in him. Yeah. On their last night's walking the earth in him. He was struggling, man. I can so, see that. For starters, he ordered a drink that was a big ass glass of vodka with ice, <laughs> and then he asked for some limes. It had like four, four, four limes, three or four limes in it. And then when the waitress bought it, he goes, uh, "Excuse me, can I get uh, more limes?" I'm like, just tell them to just tell them to give you a goddamn sprite and vodka there, right? She brought him a big ass cup of lime. The, the nigga had had the taste buds of a, a of coke, a coke addict. His, numb, his, his tongue <laughs> he was numb. Like, He's like more yeah, citrus. Trying to feel it, yeah. <laughs> his tongue, his nose. Uh, he looked like he has to do coke as his coffee, right? <laughs> like like the woman he was with, you could tell. She was partying off of Coke. She's like, oh, let's do this Coke and go out. I'm still like excited. I'm happy. It was, it had her up. Whereas him, it's like, man, I need this Coke if I'm going to leave the house, you know, and open my eyes. And then we got another close up of Cuba. After Chris Rock finally finished, I go to the bathroom. It was this one stall 
that smelt like like it was the only bathroom open for the whole day and, and all of New York took a shit in it. <laughs> it was so bad you could describe the smell with words that you use for sounds and taste, right? It was loud, it was sweet, it was sour. It was every worst smell imaginable, right? That's how this one stall smelled. It sucked and it was like the first stall by the door and nobody was in there. But it was just the smell was just sitting there and it'll punch you as you walk by. It'll just give you a quick jab to the nose. It smelled kind of like if you went to like a Iowa field house and they were having like a little town chili cook off in there. And then there was some kind of emergency where everyone had to evacuate and they left the premises and nobody <laughs> went back in there for a week to clean it up. And you just walk inside a warm ass <laughs> in the summer Iowa field house where all this different pasta chili has just gone rancid. That's what it kind of smelled like. That's exactly. That's a great way of describing it. It's New York City, so the so the out the bathroom's kind of thin, so it had two sinks. I'm washing my hands in the next one, and Jared is washing the other one. And I see somebody waiting to get by, but he's not being rude and he's being patient. And I'm like Jared. Jared was washing his hands with his ass out, like he was in like Beyonce video, crazy in love or something, right? No, no, no. And then he explained why. Yeah. Problem is, is that you got all these sinks, people, dirty ass hands, splashing water, all kinds of other materials on the sink. And I got my jacket on. I'm not trying to have my jacket touching up against the sink. So I'm putting my hands out and leaning back because I don't want to be touching up against all these sinks. And so the person tried to walk by, but then they were patient. It was Cuba. It was Cuba. So he patient. And then I'm like, Jerry, move out the way. So he used the bathroom. He's like, yeah, thanks, thanks, fellas. Yeah, he was struggling for foreign words, right? Uh, And then he goes, and he goes to that fucking stall. Out of all the empty stalls, nobody else is in the bathroom. I don't know why he would have had to go in that stall. I started off snorting little tiny pinches. Said, I know I ain't going to get hooked. I don't know coke. You can't get hooked. My friends have been snorting 15 years. They ain't hooked. <laughs> I was snoring a little teeny, didn't even make noise. Coke etiquette, Jack. Pass the album, please. No more for me. Six months later. Dude, <laughs> all the rest of them are empty. He went into that funky ass stall. You know why he went in that stall. Because he had no smell receptors in his nose anymore. I don't think he was in there long enough to take a shit. (laughs) Now, let me tell you guys this. Let me tell everybody this. The rest of the world listening. I am not saying Cuba Gooden is a drug addict. I'm not saying I saw him do drugs. I'm not saying he's ever done drugs. As far as I know, he's a a, he is a choir boy and an angel and a, a messenger of God. Coke out. That man seemed like he was high off his ass. And dudes be trying to talk a lot of shit on cocaine too, right? Be thinking they making plenty of sense. Don't be saying shit. I be uh, shit. I Nixon shit. Remember my shit, goddamn. <laughs> Niggas be holding them dicks too, Jack. <laughs> White people go, why do you guys hold your things? So <laughs> you done took everything else, motherfucker. <laughs> Question of the day, compliments of irregular internet, Pedro. Question of the day, <laughs> a potential juror for the Parkland mass shooter, Nicholas Cruz, had this excuse as to why she could not be part of the jury. So you said that the July, there's dates in, in, in July that you're not available. What are July those dates? July 7th, July 4th, which is closed, and July 18th. But then again, I need to figure out something. 
I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. I'm sorry? My sugar daddy. Okay, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about. But well, we'll... I'm married and I have my, my, my sugar daddy. Okay. I see him every day. All right. He said I'm married and I have my Are you sure that wasn't Pedro's wife? You sure that wasn't Pedro's wife? That's basically his job. So, I mean, the judge got to let her off for that. To show proof of his sugar daddy paying rent. Yeah, you don't mess up her rent. Old Jamaican. Why am I picturing Miss Cleo the way she sounded? <laughs> I'm picturing Miss Cleo. Like she, like Miss Cleo. And then you got to imagine what the sugar daddy looked like. Man, maybe she, he go over her house. She cook him some jerk chicken and rice and peas. Maybe he, that's like the best Jamaican outside of Isles. Everyone thinks this is about sex. No, it's about my jerk chicken and peas and my sorrel. <laughs> my sorrel drink. She make it just like the island. So. She said everything's going to be all right. <laughs> everything's going to be iry. What if it's Brad Pitt talking to Patois? No, be a sister. No devil, no dopey. Everything's going to be iry. <laughs> He showed, he showed up doing I'm going to talk to the judge for you. It's going to be iry. <laughs> it's going to be iry. And he's like, it's really not about sex. It's about being able to speak my native tongue. <laughs> not, you know, what's going to happen is that they're going to send a, they're going to send a bailiff to go uh, meet with the sugar daddy. And they're going to knock on the door. It's going to be like, it's your boy Chetana. Come on, the sugar daddy going to be talking. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> that would be that man. I wish it would. I'm like, how the judge, man, looking the way she looked, don't know what sugar daddy is. Exactly. I know she didn't add a few. That's how she probably paid her way through law school. <laughs> She's the type of person that can have a sugar daddy without giving anything up because she is fine. <laughs> she gets some old man. And I'm just going, oh, no, I just need you to go out with me and talk to me and dress sexy. Anyways, uh, so my question of the day is, what is the best excuse you have used to get out of jury duty? I actually got a good one. I was down on finances when they called me for jury duty uh, back in 2001. I was working. I was working pretty good. And they called me on jury duty. That's after my old lady gambled the Christmas money. So I needed to go to work. So you told her, you said, dear go judge, ahead. I'm broke. My, my lady then gambled all our Christmas money away and I need to go <laughs> make more money back. So I didn't get to the story. They didn't pick me. But that was going to be my story. It's like, hey, I'm coming up on hard times here. Uh, I'm backwards on some bills. Um, they were garnishing my wages for um, for back, I guess, child support I didn't pay for when my son was born because my son was on food stamps. I had to pay for that. I didn't learn from my father and not actually put my name on the birth certificate. I put the wrong last name. No, no. My father didn't put anybody's name. That was one of the cutting quarter shout outs. Yeah, he didn't he put jumped. anybody's name on my birth certificate. Not my mom, it's not my cousins. <laughs> not my dad. I don't know. Who, I, don't, I shouldn't be existing right now. We don't know who he is. He was just born here. I'm just him. Just another nigga here. I'm going to be honest. I've never served jury duty. The one time I was going to go, forgot to go. I forgot to go. So I don't really have one, but I have one for my father. My father loves jury duty, loves serving because he worked in a factory. So anytime he get time off, get paid and can serve a jury, he would go and make sure he makes the case. So this fool was up. He made like the second round deliberation jury pick for the Night Stalker trial, the Richard Ramirez, right? 
this fool gets kicked off. He was close to becoming a jury. The judge kicked him off, said, because he had too many, I take too many bathroom breaks. <laughs> He's like, can we stop the deliberations? I got to go to the bathroom. Can we stop the, uh, yeah. the proceedings? I got to go to the bathroom again. What's up with Darius? Darius is here. Darius, we're going over the best. The question of the day, what is the best excuse you've used to get out of jury duty? Uh, Brandon, do you have an excuse that you used? All right. Most of the time, you just don't go, right? There's not really the uh, financial incentive for them to come find me. And then when you do show up, here's, here's the thing. You show up the way Aaron expected you to show walk through bad neighborhoods in New York. You dress <laughs> bummy and you stink. Okay? <laughs> Those are two things. <laughs> That's my excuse. <laughs> you show up real, like, just be very engaged with the case. Like, oh, what's going on? Okay. And you just stink, though. Like, you don't brush your teeth. You go to the gym. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to be around you. Like, all right, man. Well, cool. <laughs> I'll see you later. That is the best uh, plan of action if you do want to get out of jury duty. Because yeah. people can't imagine being in the room with you all the time if you smell like you just came from two a days. <laughs> Take a shit and don't wipe. Just just show up and just be like, I want to sit in the front row. And I just lean forward all the time. <laughs> <laughs> there is a distinct smell from two a days. And I wonder, is it the combination of sweat and piss? Because that's what they never talk about in football. <laughs> It's a little bit of pissy. That smell right. is a little pissy. So it's the sweat, it's the piss. It's like a little hit of Lysol because they pretend to clean your pads. So you, that starts coming out of the, out of the fabric. <laughs> it's, it's a weird mix. Mm -mm, that's nasty. <laughs> I remember coach told me one time, hey, you, you don't smell enough. That means you ain't working hard enough. Pedro's too busy making sure his hutch looks sweet. <laughs> what's worked for me is that well obviously my excuse is i don't have no excuses like a sugar daddy i remember one time i was getting close it was getting tightened and so they called me up to ask me questions and i said i don't trust the police i've been raised not to trust them blah blah you know i don't i don't i just don't trust the police you know i've had i've had a couple instances where you know what i'm saying i had some you know questionable run-ins with police myself and my my family has had some questionable run-ins, and so I just don't trust police. So I saw I saw the defense team being like, oh yeah, and they're like we're taking notes. And I said, also I work at school, so I know when somebody's lying, and I know that where there's smoke, there's fire. And this seems like this motherfucker might be guilty. <laughs> so so that you see the the defense team be like, oh no, never mind. Just like <laughs> I was covering all my bases. I was like, you don't want me because I don't trust none of y'all. Actually, which may, might make me a fair. A juror, but basically, I got both sides that want to strike me off that list. So I was just like, I don't trust the prosecution because they're going. They they kept saying they're going to have helicopters and they're going to testify. And then the defense, I was just like, man, this motherfucker sound like he was harassing people, and he probably did burn that house down. So, <laughs> God damn it, dude. that is the story. There, the more the story is, you just need to lie, be comfortable with lying, <laughs> or exaggerate the truth. High score 510 fam, this is DJ Art, and I just have a little message for you. I would like to tell you about our friends over at Newsly, an audio app for iOS and Androids. It picks up web articles, the most trending topics on the web, and reads them to you in a natural, beautiful human voice. Message. Browse topics of your choice from sports to science, Bitcoin, and even the Kardashians. Curate your own playlist, and Newsly allows your internet readings to become an audio experience. Message. Newsly even has podcasts. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries, including iScore 510. Download and use Newsly for all your listening needs from www.newsly.me or 
click the link in our description. And be sure to use the promo code HIGHSCORE510. That will get you a free premium subscription for one month. It's about time you stop scrolling and start listening. Your mind, it is like a gun. And you want to load it up with little itty bitty bullets of knowledge. In other news, T.I. interrupted a comedian for making a joke about his issues of uh, coerced uh, sex and things with his wife. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Was he was the guy comedian talking about T.I. or talking about something? It, it was a girl comedian. Yeah, it was a woman no comedian. Reason for, was no reason for T.I. to go off like that. He went off on her. She grabbed the mic from her and just started just started basically talking about like as long as you talk about me and mine, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck with you and interrupt you. You ain't got shit to say about me. Ain't no charges, ain't no case. Basically it was just not letting the person talk. What was really cool is when he he says to her, she was like, This shit is hard, comedy is hard. He goes, It ain't that hard. <laughs> the crazy thing about that is a couple of days after that, he goes and does a comedy show of his, of his own and gets booed. He gets booed <laughs> by the whole crowd. We're telling some dumbass jokes. No one thought they were funny. We booed him. And it's on the internet. It was like two or three days right after he said, comedy ain't that hard. Nigga, you are terrible. He got booed in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's where you don't go and try and get up there and do a comedy set. Yeah, it's funny because T.I. actually a couple weeks ago made an effort. He's He's trying to do comedy. It's like a new thing he's trying to do and and there's been some mixed reviews, but, you know, for him to interrupt another comedian, it's a little bit perturbing. Here's the Brooklyn, apparently. A while ago, he was about 10, 11 years old, man. I think this is where the animosity started. The nigga walks in, probably slamming his mom. You hear me? Nailing his mom. We ain't been the same since. Nobody listened to his joke. It was pretty funny. Thank you, Brandon, for not taking me to that comedy stand-up comedy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry for everything I said earlier. Thank you for, for taking me to, to see someone that actually sounded like they took time, even five minutes, to write some jokes down, unlike T.I. Oh, he's at the uh, April Fool's comedy show in, in at the Barclays Center? I was like, that's a big stadium. Yeah, here, here's the clip of T.I. interrupting the woman, though. Compliments of baller alert. Fucking evidence, because there was no fucking crap. There is nothing to charge me for. Or nobody, no, shut the fuck up for a second. Hey, listen, no, no, no. As many times as you jump on that shit, nigga, I'm gonna check your motherfucking ass as long as it takes. Nigga, when you stop talking about it, when you stop playing with me and mine, I'ma stop saying something. Nigga, ain't no motherfucking case, ain't never been no motherfucking case. Hey, 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 hey,
Man, that's a big ass bounce. That looks like a song. This nigga, T.I., is tripping. <laughs> he tripping, man. Can I thank you, Brandon, once again, for not taking me to that comedy show either? I'm sorry for complaining about the other ones you took me to. I would rather go to the one in Old Oakland than that. Pedro and Darius walked out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Two of terrible. Dude, T.I. needs to sit his ass down. I, I, he's having a midlife crisis. He's like, shit, because he's not sure what to do. Because he's like, I ain't got much else to write about in the game. I did my Justin Blake thing 10 years ago. That's all cool and done with now he ain't got nothing else to do what's he gonna do now i'm gonna do comedy and then i'm gonna also break every rule of what it means to be a comedian because i'm sensitive and i'm not a real comedian pedro what were you saying you said you felt like that was like he almost assaulted her basically with his with his antics up yeah. there on stage well when you walked up on stage you're getting a little too uncomfortable you're a dude that's a female and you got them two big goons up there that kind of looks intimidating Mm-hmm. That's why I'm pointing out now we're, we're at the point where we can't tell jokes. Or somebody, some dude getting emotional. This get kind of out of hand, you know. All yeah. these emotions going running through us, man. Let us, let us know we raised by a bunch of females. Yeah. <laughs> and this happened less than a week or basically a week after the whole thing happened with your boy Will Smith and Chris Rock. Yeah. And, and a lot of comedians, the, the comedy shows that I went to, People talked about that Will Smith thing, or they brought up, you know what I'm saying, don't fucking come up here if I say something you don't like, because I will fuck you up. I heard multiple comedians say that uh, at the shows in New York. But, like, comedians are also, like, they don't appreciate the fact that their their art form, because, you know, it's one thing if, if you feel like comedians going over the line, but then don't laugh. You know what I'm saying? The biggest, the biggest thing you can do to a comedian is not laugh at their joke and just sit there and just be silent. That is almost more painful than you going up there and beating the ass. It probably hurts more to get your ass beat, but when you tell a joke that you think is funny or you think people are going to take a certain way and nobody really laughs at it and you don't get the response you were hoping for, that lets you know, like, that's not a good joke anymore. It's not, it's not, it's not with the time. So don't laugh at it. That's how you let them know I'm not with this. You don't get up on stage like T.I. do and, and start getting mad and ripping the mic out of people. I like how they turn this mic off multiple times. Every time you got a new mic, turn that shit off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was another problem. Like, who kept giving them the fucking mics that were on, dude? Yeah, that, nigga was playing, that nigga was playing microphone whack-a-mole. Yeah, he's like, give me that mic. I'm going to talk in this mic. Cut it off. <laughs> well, you uh, know, wherever he goes, he's going to be the biggest person there. I mean, he's yeah. the king. Yeah. But have some respect for the game. But I also need some of these uh these amateur or, or semi-pro 
comedians because like with the comedy shows we went to they they constantly said it no one gonna walk up on stage man on you stop being so fearful jared thought i was fearful walking new york which i wasn't fearful i just want to make sure you didn't get your ass whipped uh those comedians i think would be all of them going overboard walk on here on this stage ain't nobody walked on stage on you yet we just ain't gonna laugh when your shit ain't funny i mean they was using no, that as no, a, but- as a punchline joke it's easy laughter to get it that. Don't it is, but it's getting to the stage. point where I feel like it's kind of played out. What I'm going to say is people do walk up on stage now, right? When people used to do crowd work all the time, just rip on people in the, in the, in the crowd all the time, mm-hmm. especially at Black comedy shows. Yeah. They talk all kinds of crazy stuff. People want to fight. So it's not like people don't run up stage now, right? Yeah, that's exactly um, why Joe Torrey doesn't have a career anymore. <laughs> right. Well, that exactly. motherfucking comedians need to under- just do what Afro Man did. But I think it's different when you talk about T.I. or even Will Smith, right? It's one thing to tell him how he should react, but nobody's on stage talking about you, right? Like, he's in the room and somebody's making a joke or talking about his situation. Like, if there's anybody that's going to say something, this probably should be him. I mean, he's trying to nip it in the bud, although the story is out there for, for everybody to hear and see. When we talk about a lot of these celebrities, right? Even when we talk about somebody like Kevin Durant, who has a habit of responding to people on Twitter, or any of these dudes, right? They're talking about the Like, you have people talking about their life as opposed to as a third person perspective right you're talking about me personally oh i'm gonna respond to this in the way that i i feel like in the moment and sometimes that might turn violent so he's gonna be ready for it man hold on i just started breaking news no, my fault yeah. holy big breaking news i was sitting here and i was like thinking in my head as a joke this nigga will will smith and tr are basically the same person <laughs> and i looked at their birthday they have the same exact birthday. They're both New- sensitive Negroes. Both sensitive, ne- light-skinned Negroes born on September 25th, both of them. Yeah, T.I., Adeline, just stop doing comedy. Just don't go to comedy shows. You don't go to comedy shows, don't do comedy if you ain't willing to have somebody make a joke. That's the other thing, like your public figures. So, like, there's certain lines. Like, they're talking about your family, there comes a certain line. But it's also, like, your wife is a public figure. She was a fucking... R&B singer and part of a group. Like, if they talk well, about the your kids... Is, but, the but the difference is, is one thing, if you try to ignore it on Twitter, you try to ignore it on Reddit, you try to ignore it on Facebook, but somebody's in the room talking shit about you, in mm-hmm. front of you, with a microphone. Like, what are you going to do? You want to you wanna make a bigger <laughs> deal of it? Because that's what happened. Now everyone's looking at T.I. worse. It's, no, now everyone's looking no, at Will and Jada worse. But I'm saying is like, it's really just a personal thing. Like, if you have somebody in the room talking shit about you, like, what are you going to do? Like, you feel me? See where they go with it. If it's not a good joke, then you, then you talk some shit at the end. Or you say, that was not funny. That was corny. Bullshit. But let the I'm person not... tell the joke. Don't interrupt them before they can even finish the joke. They might even use you as an example for another joke that's not even about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, just let them finish the joke. I no, can't I... tell them how to feel. I just tell I just, it's too much entertainment and too much television. All they watch is affecting their emotions. They turn it into sensitive ass white people right now. Come on, but you know what? You know what? One of the things I don't like when I go watch a comedy show is when they're doing too much audience participation. And ask, mm-hmm. dude, you worked on your shit. For me, a sign of when we went to that second comedy show with Chris Rock and all those other like professional comedians, all but the one that sucked. Did you notice they did like no crowd interaction? Mm-hmm. Then all their shit was jokes told to you, and we all couldn't stop fucking laughing. The worst yeah. one was that one woman who just kept going off on those German girls because yeah. her shit was not funny. To me, that's a sign of a weak comedian. Not that Chris Ross was weak. He did what usually you do at the Oscars. That's a different place. Oscar Golden Globes go off on the people in the audience and the, the actors and the high-end people. But at a regular comedy show, I'm really getting tired of people like the comedians just going straight to the audience. It's like to say one joke real quick, cool. But to keep staying on it, 
It's like, mm-hmm. all right, all right, we you made fun of us already. Move on, move on to someone else, or start start your fucking set. Right. Robin Harris, one of my favorite comedians, he would go off on people in the audience. My sisters went to go see him live and they used to say we wouldn't go to the bathroom for fear of running into him in the hallway because he would make fun of people in the hallway and really hurt your feelings. Right. Mm -hmm. It was funny, but everybody would laugh around and your feelings would be hurt. You know, knowing my sister, she probably wore cowboy boots. Both my sisters, they had some special made to order. Yeah, they got the they got the mobs, nigga made order boots. One of my sisters got spurs on her shit. You wouldn't believe it. But Robin Harris was funny. He was hilarious. He would say one joke about someone. It might be hard as hell, but it's like, don't focus on it. And I'm kind of Phil Brandon a little bit on that. Like, like, hey, man, you might get a reaction from somebody in the room. Well, Shane called me Django. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's part of comedy. It's like a joke. And it's sometimes it's at people's expense, but there's truth to it, right? Nah, see, 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 but see, Jerry, you, Adarius, pal, you guys got this real trolling relationship where it's like, all right, our comedy's going to come at each other's expense. But some people don't take that shit that way. And I certainly don't take it when I spend good money to go see somebody. No, I paid to be here. I I'm mad because I gotta pay. I gotta buy two more drinks. I get that, but at the same time, there's <laughs> that's there's different forms of comedy. You're going to a comedy show. You can't be like, I only want this type of comedy in front of me. I only want this type of sense of humor to be presented to me. No, but that's exactly what people are paying for. Though. That's no, no, it's not. I'm paying for you to entertain me. No, 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 I'm not paying for you to go off on. No, 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 it's not. No, there is boundaries. Like if somebody just goes off on somebody the whole time. That's that's obviously not funny because you're just waiting. Like, are you gonna tell? real jokes or are you just going to roast this person the whole time? I'm not saying that like, oh, you got to be ready for somebody who's just going to roast one or two people the whole time. No, that's not a real comedian. That's somebody who's good at talking shit and roasting. But part of roasting and talking shit about what you see and around you, what's going on around you, being observationalist, that is the roots of comedy. And if you're going to say you can't do that in the setting when you have a diverse crowd of people, like a comedian, when they when somebody laughs funny and they make a funny sound when they laugh, like you say, Robin, Robin Harris, if people got up in the middle of a set, he would talk shit about them. Like, that's oh, yes. like it's the give and take like but at the same time like yeah there's a boundary that you don't go past but like if you give like a one-liner about somebody the way they're dressed or the way they're looking or the way they laughed at something you know what i'm saying like oh man you left that a little too hard you got some stories you want to tell us and people laugh at that like oh yeah those are fine if you have a premise of a joke and you're building around a premise because a lot of these jokes are stories that are being told and then they have their punchlines. Sometimes they have multiple punchlines about different components of the story that might end up completely away from that story they start with but if you're not going to give people the space to even have that, or you're going to be so sensitive you can't even have that, then like, then you are truly not somebody who is for comedy. Don't go to comedy shows. It's like, if you're not willing to sit here and watch motherfuckers stand around, then baseball is not meant for you, right? If you need more movement, more action, don't go to a baseball game. Same thing with a comedy show. T.I., especially as somebody who's trying to be a comedian, <laughs> like who's trying to be a comedian now, like, like what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like you're going to interrupt, interrupt another comedian and make it worse for yourself. Now everyone's going to look at you and they're going to start critiquing your sense of humor and the way you tell your jokes 10 times harder because of the d- disrespect that you showed for another comedian. So I hope you're ready to get booed at Barclays Center when your ass probably shouldn't even be in a show at Barclays Center. Your ass should be at the Ivy Room. Your ass should be at that goddamn Three Kittens or whatever fucking bullshit ass uh, comedy show we went to on uh, the national championship night. Right. Go to that comedy show and do free comedy. You're parlaying your, your celebrity to be able to do these bigger shows and you act like you're tight. No, people are staring at you. And yeah, that sound, that sound that you hear, like that's not a, that's not applause. That's people talking because they're not listening to your corny ass. They're all talking. That's Dude, the problem. When you have a like good crowd, uncle. you hear them either laughing and then they get quiet when you start telling another joke. 
When he was out there at Barclays Center, you heard a murmur a lot. Like Jamie DeWolf would have been out there telling motherfuckers to shut the fuck up left and right. And so, T.I., I condemn you for that. And your career ain't never going to take off, even though it already took off in one way. It ain't going to take off in comedy because your ass is corny and weak. Yeah! And that nigga owe me $5. Shout out to T.I. sponsorship. Come on our show. Cutty Corner shoutouts, Cutty Corner shoutouts, Cutty Corner shoutouts, the same movie on the show on where you get to rank and plan or talk shit about something that's been pissing you off. Cutty Corner shoutouts, Cutty Corner shoutouts. It's 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 time. We're burning now. God, if you listen, help. So cold and bleeding now, now, now. I'm in for this man. Gonna let you down. Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? I got a positive Cutty Corner shout out today. It goes out to Mike Malarkey for being stand up and for actually agreeing with Brian Flores and then telling of his situation when he got the Titans job and how he got the call from the owner and already said the job was his. He said the general manager didn't even really ask him questions, said, you know, you already got this job, right? So we don't really have to do this interview. And then he said they called in other people to for the Rooney Room after him and just wasted their time. So uh, I like to give a shout out to him for making a stand. Those other two coaches, Ray Horton, I forgot the other person who was uh, Steve Wilkes. Yes, thank you for really putting yourself out there and taking a stand, you know, and sometimes you have to understand like, okay, some people might not talk to you again. You might not get, you might show up for things you used to get a little money, a little kickback for, and people that are there might not talk to you. You might lose that little bit. But you got to make a stand. And thank you for making that stand. So that's my, my cutting corner shout out. Hopefully more coaches will come out and not start backtracking like my boy. Uh, what's your boy name? Hugh Jackson, man. Everybody, man. Yeah. You know, Dude, not surprised. Brandon, do you have a cutting corner shout out? My cutting corner shout out is a continuation of how I started the show. Um, my cutting corner shout out goes out to uh, quasi religious groups masquerading as, <laughs> as meetups. So I started the show talking about how I like, got invited to this barbecue with some friends we made who have kids too. And so I go to the thing and I'm on this group chat now where they're trying to do this 30 day challenge. Oh, uh, nigga, they about to switch your brain into somebody's body. Dude, I was shocked. It's like, all right, cool. We all gonna try to work out every day try to do at least 100 push-ups. We're going to try to at least walk or run a mile every day. Uh, we're going to drink at least a gallon of water, wake up at 6 a.m., reasonable-ish stuff if, you're, if your schedule allows to it. Literally, like, no porn, no sex. Lost me there. And then he's like, we're going to read one Bible passage or one Bible chapter to another person in the group every day and listen to at least two worship songs every day. Damn. And I was like, I don't know how to say no. I don't know how to say yes to this, but that's pretty, sure. that's pretty easy, Brandon. For the last one, just slap that down there. <laughs> so I feel like my no has to have a curse word in it. But like that being polite though. Like, I don't know if I could do this shit or you need to I, get a soundbite, personal soundbite. Just like, no, nah, nigga. <laughs> just have that, just have a button where you could just play that quick audio. No, nah, nigga. And then just keep keep moving. <laughs> 
it comes up it comes up every once in a while since we've been living here man like people like oh if it's a sunday like oh yeah we'll come by after church and we'll do this after church or you know what church do you go to (laughs) um or whether or easter's coming up so that's a big thing we we, yeah it's like stepping on eggshells around here man like we don't want to be disrespectful to folks but at the same time we don't want to get invited to some shit that we don't want to go to so anyway that's my cutty corner shout out man um let's not pretend to be friends and then really just be a church group just call it a church group so i can have an informed decision going into it <laughs> saying oh man we just go kick it and play basketball and then we show up and you know it's, it's five priests we gotta gotta do the prayer circle before we play so nobody hurts themselves <laughs> so you tell them like i'd rather much rather y'all just introduce the show or introduce the group by saying this if you black a skin and full of sin come forward exactly that just make it clear for me like sometimes i'm very dense i don't see it coming and i'm just side just side and swipe by it i'm like oh shit they got me again praise white jesus my cutty corner shout out goes out to jay gordon whitehead fucking piece of shit ass motherfucker who's jay gordon whitehead yeah, you know, just a random cracker ass cracker from Canada or something like that. Jay Gordon Whitehead, you know, is an example of, you know, um, the unpredictable nature of the beautiful white man and their unpredictable fits of violence. Whether it's trying to act like you're in a suit and tie and then deciding to, you know, saying genocide a whole Native American group that doesn't decide to run away. It's like, you don't run away, you're going to get genocided or taking all the Hutus and the Tutsis and, and turning them into slaves in America, whether it's, you know, conquesting all other parts of the world. The beautiful white man is really good at random fits of violence. You want to know what Jay Gordon Whitehead's fit of violence was? He punched a 52 or 53-year-old man while sitting in a chair, unready, several times in the stomach as hard as he could. That man, a few days later, ended up dying. You know who that man was? Harry Houdini. Harry Houdini was killed by Jay Gordon Whitehead backstage when he invited some students to come backstage and talk to him. Jay Gordon Whitehead was one of the students, a 30-year-old student, by the way, 30-year-old man, going to go backstage and going to be like, I heard you said that you could take the greatest punch from anybody and he's like yeah that's true and before Houdini could even get up out of his seat he proceeded to hit him four or five times as hard as he could in the stomach ruptured his appendix Harry Houdini didn't want to go to the doctor ended up doing a show collapsed after his show a couple days later ended up dying from sepsis a few days later all because this random fit of white violence so fuck that fool killed Harry Houdini you know I was hoping Harry Houdini had just died from drowning I had hoped he had died from one of his stunts. No, he died because some stupid motherfucking fool decided to punch him in the stomach at 50 some years old as hard as he could. And it wasn't like as a teenager. He's a grown-ass man. Motherfucker was 30 years old when he did it. Took out another beautiful white man and somebody that I loved watching his his feats. So fuck yeah, you, Jake. Yeah, I didn't know you was 100 and something years old. Hey, you really <laughs> didn't know how Harry Houdini man, died? He's... You really didn't you just dear, found that out? Dear, man, this happened Netflix, in like 1920, my nigga. Like, I love watching. He had no video footage. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> he ruined my ability to watch Houdini. Mid-century cutting corner shoutouts. 
I'm with Aaron, man. You need to get some Netflix, dude. For real. Yeah, you got you spend time on that. You good, Jared. This is crazy. Think it's a watching my boy Houdini. I'm pretty sure no one's ever seen it. He got a YouTube channel. <laughs> no, he don't. No, he don't. He does not have a YouTube channel. That Jay nigga Gordon died before cars were made, my nigga. Like, what are you talking about? Exactly, dude. Well, that is our show, my friends. Any final words? No, you can't stop the show. What the fuck did you put us through, man? Uh, I was wondering where this was going. I'm like, like, some nigga that took like one of his bitches or something. This nigga is talking about shit that happened in the 1600s. Like, what are we talking about? You talking about watching Harry Houdini, nigga? What the fuck? (laughs) Harry Houdini was a true legend, and he would still be here today. Performing for us had he not gotten socked. No, five he times. wouldn't. He would be 211. <laughs> My nigga, what are you talking about? White people are magical, but not that magical. Harry <laughs> hey, Houdini, he was magical. And the reason why I, I looked that up is because, Aaron, remember we went to that, that exhibit where they had they had a letter signed by like the Kansas City like police chief and mayor. He was like, we strip searched this motherfucker buck naked and he had nothing on him. There's no way feasibly he should have been able to escape his escape and they all like signed a letter it was like a formal letter to say like harry houdini was buck naked they searched him he had no things on him to be able to break out of his out of his restraints so for him to do it was like a was a you know unbelievable feat there's stuff that amazed you jared i, I i'm still puzzled <laughs> so you took your imagination back to they stripping the man butt neck just so you can get out of tricks. Huh? Oh, no, I, they, but you watch the video. For real. <laughs> like, for real, video. It wasn't a video. Anybody it was a letter. It was a typed letter. A typed letter. No, 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 Jerry. No. You can't talk no more. You can't. Listen, Jerry. You can't talk about this no more. Ever again. Don't tell niggas <laughs> that you even watch it like this. My nigga, like, as a friend who's associated with you, I want niggas to know that this is what you worry about. And Harry Houdini should still be here. He died too young. Gone too soon. We, this is, you always denouncing our friendship. He's like, you just want to go ahead and throw our shit right out the window. I can't ride for this. Everybody <laughs> likes to know. I, 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 I don't give a fuck about this. I'm going somewhere. I'm like, I'm like, okay, maybe he's going to talk about one of the magicians today. And it just stayed in the 1920s. So I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> can't be surprised. You guys can't be surprised. Uh, October 22nd, 1926. A day that will live in infamy. Jared, 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 Lee. Jared, Lee. Is that you connected my name and apparently together? Yeah. Jared Lee. This is a. He believes that Rome is on the street in Berkeley. Jared is now a verb. I'll tell you this. Jared Lee, Aaron still thinks it's fucking 1992 in goddamn New York City, nigga. What do you think Giuliani did for all those years? Okay. Hold what on, do you think on. Eric Adams is doing? I was there for all of that, Jared. That still don't mean you can have your phone out 
Nigga, oh, everyone else had their phone out in the city, bro. We live in 2022. Walking around Hell's Kitchen, he walked around Hell's Kitchen as if Daredevil was gonna come and save. Him. And there was some Spanish <laughs> Catalonian, Spanish Catalonian women, all beautiful white Catalonian women. They were definitely not Brazilian. They were not speaking Brazilian. I know that was way too beautiful to be Brazilian and Portuguese, bro. And they sitting there, <laughs> three of them, having a conversation with all kind of BBCs and all kinds of everybody else there, and then walking, like, good night, good night, walking off. Aaron over there, like, nigga, we can't play out here, dude. Which 1992 New York? Gotta watch no, out. No, no, no. Aaron would be the same nigga. Once we have like to start walking, get a time capsule. Time capsule. 1965, summer Alabama. He'll show up in the Jetsons' time and be like, "No, Master said we can't do that here. Master said, Master said we ain't allowed to get in no car that fly." Brandon, 2:30 a.m. <laughs> this motherfucker. Let me tell you, we walked through parts that was in that Jessica Simpson, Iron Fist, and this motherfucking Luke Cage. Jessica, Jessica, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Daredevil. Correction, correction. Air is not stuck in 1992, New York. He's stuck in Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe, New York. This no. Hell. <laughs> no, we walking around Harlem as if Man, Luke, he you can't like do that around Jessica Jones' neighborhood. 